Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it. Let him have it. You're listening to Aerial View, worldwide on the internet. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on the tape and it really put the hook in there. Many, many times. Both the folks and the folks. Stay in New Jersey and I don't care who we are.
It's 8.41 p.m. on Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. The sun is almost completely down. People are streaming up my block and uh, headed towards Boulevard East, even though they haven't done fireworks over the Hudson River since Mayor Bloomberg is no longer Mayor Bloomberg. But people still go to Boulevard East thinking they're going to see something, and maybe they can. Maybe they can see something happening behind the skyscrapers. I am out here mostly to try to keep anyone from parking in our driveway or attempting to pull a three-point turn in our driveway, tearing off the side mirror on my wife's car, any other bullshit that might go on. I said to my wife over dinner, so which do you dislike more? Would that be Halloween or the 4th of July? And she said, Halloween, without hesitation. And I said, I have to agree, because we have to pay for Halloween. So at this point, the uh, Macy's fireworks are still 45 minutes away on the East River, not on the Hudson River. It was really something to be living here when they did those Hudson River fireworks. And they only did them for like two or maybe three years before there was such a clamor from all the people in Brooklyn and Queens who said, what the fuck? We used to be able to see fireworks. We're part of New York. We're two of the five boroughs. So I don't know how long I'm going to sit out here. I don't want to get eaten alive by bugs. I feel in need of a shower. I also had one of those days where I don't know just what the fuck I accomplished. I mean, I wanted to enter this mid-Atlantic Arts Council grant program to see if I can win a grant for nihilistic. It's a pretty complicated application process, and what I need to do to be able to enter something is a little bizarre. They want part of a completed work, and I just don't know how to do that. I haven't completed the work, but I would like to send them something. But it requires formatting and it requires removing your name from everything because they want everything to be anonymous. So I started out with good intentions today. But then, of course, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that's where I ended up. And by the time 630 had rolled around, it was almost dinner time. And then the day was pretty much over. Time is going so fucking fast. I mean, next thing you know, it'll be Christmas time. I thought I would have more progress on the book by now. I really did. Something is in the way, as Kurt Cobain sang. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just fear of failure. There's any number of fears attached. That it won't be any good is the number one fear that nobody will fucking read it. In between those two, no one will publish it. And I really don't want to do a a vanity printing (laughs) I'm hoping if I can get everything in there that I think should be in there and if I can do it with even a modicum of skill, it should be a pretty good read. Something different from the books that I've been reading from folks who were there in the early 1980s because a number of them have come out. I I don't really know 
if I want this to be like those, I want it to be something different. Coming of age story, story about getting the hell out, story about your chosen family as opposed to your actual family, story about figuring out what the fuck you're good at, even if you're just good enough at it to get out, story about friendship that sours in the most horrible of ways, and a story about a suspicion that I've harbored that my best friend in junior high and in high school and on stages at venues all over, my chum, my buddy boy, bass player, main lyricist, songwriter, might be a really good suspect in the Gilgo Beach murders, the Long Island serial killer. And today I listened to a piece of tape that I stumbled on. This is why I keep everything from back when I was living in Hoboken and Mike would call me and leave long rambling messages on my answer machine. Buddy boy, hey, hey, buddy boy, give me a call back if you remember who the fuck this is. One time I picked up the phone and we talked and it was after he had tried to choke me to death and I said to him, I don't know why you did that. And he laughed it off. He wanted me to laugh it off. You were never that soft. And uh, he said, you don't have to worry about me trying to choke you. Because next time I see you, I'll just kill you. And I went in the next room. I tried to turn on this tape recorder that I had hooked up to my phone. And I picked up an extension. And I tried to get him to repeat what he had just said. And he immediately knew what I was doing. He was too clever. He was being very clumsy and stupid with how I did it. I basically said, why would you say next time I see you, I'm going to kill you? What are you, what are you, recording me? No. I tried to come up with an excuse. He's like, why, why did you have to go in the other room? What'd you, do, what'd you do in the other room? And I told him I had to turn my new air conditioner off. And he's like, all right, thanks, buddy boy. Have a nice life. Have a nice life. And then he hung up on me. And then... The same piece of tape, miraculously enough, documents a call I made to my friend Jim to tell him what had just happened. Hey, Jim, you're not going to believe this. And then Jim and I, we talk a little longer, and one of us makes mention of some girl that Mike may have claimed to have killed. Like, do you think he was lying about her? I'll put that call right after this. And you could hear the call for yourself. I only phoned you out. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So you making death threats now? No. What? What are you, what, what are you to trying to take me? Why would you say that? Why would you say next time I see you? Why, like, why are you trying to take me? What are you trying, trying to say? I'm not making death threats. I'm not trying to tape you, Mike. I just don't understand why you said what you just said. Is that what you're trying to do? Is that why you had to get off the phone? Set up your uh, tape recorder? No, I got off the phone to turn my new air conditioner down. Okay. Listen, Pally, it was nice knowing you. I tried to give you a call out of nice to my heart. Me and you were fucking washed up. Listen, would you, life. would you, could you, for a minute... See you next life. Could you... Where was I in this story? Um... Well, you know, you said, Mike, uh, couldn't believe you didn't realize that he was joking. Oh, and then he threatened to kill me. Did I tell you that part? Uh, 
no. Okay. I mean, I heard about it, but I didn't get to uh, Yeah. Which, towards the end of the phone call, he basically said, so, what's the story? Are we not friends anymore? What's, 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 what's going? What the fuck? What's the fucking story? And uh, I said, I don't know what to tell you, Mike. I'm not really, really fond of being choked, you know? Right. Uh, what's wrong with you? I, you know, when did uh, when did you go soft? I mean, you never were like this. What do you what do you think I was serious? You know, and uh, I said I don't know. It felt kind of serious at the time, and I don't have to tell you. You know, so then he said, "Well, you don't have to worry about me choking you because next time I see you, I'm going to kill you." And then what? And then I said, "Can you hold on a minute?" And I ran in the other room to uh, hook up my uh, tape recorder. And then what? Then I picked up the other extension, and he said, uh, "Would you go hook up your tape recorder? What are you tape recording me now?" I said, "Well, you think you uh, you think I'm that stupid?" And uh, I said, "No, I didn't hook up my tape recorder. I want to shut off my air conditioner." And uh, he said, "Yeah, okay, all right, bye." And he hung up the phone. I think at the end of the conversation, but uh, unfortunately, I tipped my hand. I think. Yeah. I should have had the tape recorder. Uh, he took me totally by surprise. I, when I picked up the phone, I really thought it was somebody else calling, you know. Right. And I didn't even recognize his voice at first. And then I was just like uh, pulled into this world of psychosis. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, mean, I think he's obviously sick, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's wrong, you know. And I mean, from what, from the way you've described it, no, there's no way you could have thought. Not only did I not think he was know when someone's joking or not. Yeah, well, not only did I not know he was joking, I am still not convinced that he didn't actually, he hasn't actually killed somebody. Right, I know. I mean, I, I think that's quite a pot. That's that's very possible because right. he's gotten so much rage and so much anger that you know I wouldn't doubt it if he had actually has. Right. Well, there was that story about yeah. the girl. Yeah. Oh yeah, the story about the girl. And he was acting very cagey about that. <laughs> yeah, like like maybe he did it, maybe he didn't do it. But anyway, it, it's. I just thought uh, I I I needed to share this with somebody who knows Mike, and I, I called Mashy, and there was no answer over there. And then yeah. I thought I thought I would share that with you. Oh, that, I appreciate. It. Yeah, you know, you like hearing about death threats? I do. As a Have you ever been the victim of a death threat? My one vice. Um, I mean, I I once played. I once had my jaw broken by a guy who had a headband that said, take man on. Why? He just liked to wear the headband. I don't know why. I will be shocked, but not surprised. It turns out that my friend was the Gilgo Beach murderer. Stranger things have happened. Some of these serial killers, man, they hide in plain sight. You would never think it. I mean, how many years did John Wayne Gacy get away with it? By the way, Mike was a huge John Wayne Gacy fan. Mike was into serial killers. Mike had a very dark side. He had a lot of resentment, especially towards women, because he had lost 100 pounds, and these women who found him horrifying and disgusting, repugnant, loathsome, smelly, and just not good-looking... These same women later, when he was in a band and he was tall and slim and playing bass and puking off the edge of the stage because he was a male bulimic. He used to puke his meals in the parking lot of the McDonald's. We'd go and eat McDonald's and then he'd come out and throw up in front of the nice family that was walking in. 
That was his idea of a good time and a, and a really good laugh. And I laughed too, you know? I laughed too. I signed off on a, <clears throat> a lot of it. It's all on the other side, meaning the East River. It's all on the East River. Still have another 28 minutes for fireworks to begin. Dennis is doing a very good job of keeping people from turning onto the block. I don't know how that Porsche got through. And uh, at some point I will go back in the house. Then the rest of the evening will commence. And then all these same people will go home. And there will be more crazy traffic on our block. I mean, listen, part of me wants to walk down the Boulevard East too. But I don't think I would enjoy it, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I, I, I mean, I would just be comparing it to the years when they were exploding directly above your head. And it was the most remarkable feeling, the sound, the way the sound would hit you. And uh, this is why fireworks on the television just blow. The only thing worse would be fireworks on the radio. This is uh, Chris T. And even though uh, I may not be doing aerial view, uh, live aerial views as often as I was, it would be nice to get some audio out there somehow. And I think I'm going to just publish this on my Substack, And it'll be something like a little lanyap, a treat, an extra little treat. For those of you who have uh, stuck with me. I would like to grow this audience, by the way. So if you think you know anybody who would enjoy Nihilistic on Substack, please um, share an addition with them, a post with them. Uh, share a link with them so that they can subscribe as well. It would be nice to get some more people. Saturday, July 15th, 2023, here at the Meadowlands Flea Market. Arrived about 15 minutes ago and already purchased $20 worth of LPs. I got a uh, couple of copies of Darkness on the Edge of Town. Um, bought a Moody Blues record in search of the lost chord I think it's called and um, also got Ringo Starr's copy of let's see what this is called it's called Ringo it's just called Ringo Uh, because I don't own any Ringo Starr records I think I own a copy of uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, pretty sure. How much comics? 
Those are some money. Those are, uh, depends on which one. My brother will give you prices. Well, let me get my phone. So uh, the reason I started recording is because I wanted to memorialize this line I overheard one vendor say to a much older vendor. They can catch this guy, but they can't figure out who dropped the cocaine in the White House. I mean, this is apparently flying around the Internet pretty quickly, this stupid Uh, idea that somehow those things are related. No, you can't. That's the problem. If it wasn't missing the grills, I'd Nine bucks. Nine bucks. How about eight? All right, fine. So, uh, it's an incredibly humid day out here. The weather still hot. Hot and humid. And I am supposedly going to the nihilistic show tonight down in Hazlett, New Jersey with uh, good friend Keith Hartel. And we're going to see what that is all about. Um, Keith doesn't want to go until later. The doors open at 6 p.m. The show is supposed to start at 7 p.m. And when I reached out to Keith yesterday about when we should leave... He was suggesting we get there around 9 p.m. That's it's kind of late, really, for me. And especially because I haven't been sleeping very well. And then, of course, I wake up this morning to read an article from CNN about... Uh, no, actually, it was uh, AARP because uh, we became members and now... They pushed these articles to my phone. And this one was about uh, ways to avoid cognitive decline. You know, super agers, as they're called. People in their 80s who still have all their faculties, who can still remember shit. And the first thing they mention is the quality of your sleep. Being very much linked to whether or not you're going to retain your faculties as you age. And my sleep is is pretty shitty. I'll admit it. Oh, here's a couple of nice old uh, typewriters, both of them electrics. Here's a Royal, which is actually kind of Royal Blue, and a Smith Corona. Do I want to get involved with those? I do not. I don't want to get involved with any more vintage typewriters. I own a vintage typewriter, a nice one, an old Royal. I think it's pre-World War II. And I think you, you know, I'm not Tom Hanks, so I'll make do with one typewriter. It's fine by me. So, yeah, I'm a little apprehensive about going to this show tonight I do not know what kind of reception I'm going to get when Ron and Troy realize I'm there I don't really foresee any reason why 
Ajax, who replaced me on guitar, would not be cordial towards me. He's always been cordial towards me. And uh, it is a weird thing, you know. He's been in the band far longer than I have. But Ron and Troy, they are an unknown quantity. Who knows? All right, I have rounded the corner into the second row of the Meadowlands Flea Market and continuing to go back and forth from one side of the aisle to another. It's uh, very well attended today, possibly because there is no flea market next week. Oh, there's the smell of cigarettes that I missed so much. Not at all. So, yeah, I don't really know what to expect tonight. I know that uh, Keith wants to see Fear Gods, who are, uh, I think, going on before the Nihilistics. I think the Nihilistics are the headliners, which, you know, might be more due to how long the band's been around than to how good they may or may not be. It's me, Chris T, going to see the Nihilistics, some joint in Hazlitt, New Jersey. And I'm in Hoboken right now, going to pick up Keith Hartell, who is going to be my wingman and hopefully jump in if any shit goes down. I'm not expecting any shit to go down, but I don't know how happy or not these folks are going to be to see me. By folks, I mean the people in the band. This being Hoboken, it's like a fucking epidemic of assholeism. That guy just tried to pull out in front of me as I was coming around the corner. There's a light rain falling. And there are predictions for thunderstorms. I got my fear gods hat. Oh, very <laughs> nice, very nice. Years ago, Ron, I think I went to visit him in Merrick, and he gave me this nihilistic shirt. But they kind of fucked up the logo. The way that, you know, the way that Sandy, this girlfriend of Mike's, yes. created the logo. If you remember, it kind of rises. Here's why I remember that, because I always tell you about my friend that loved the nihilistics the most. I remember that was like a fucking this dude's everyday in high school T-shirt. I that lo- and of course that album, the iconic album. I yeah. that that logo is emblazoned in my uh, you know it's like the Aerosmith logo to me. So the logo used to sort of rise from the left to the right, uh-huh. you know, and it was on a slant. They took it and they made it all like this, like on one level. Yeah, and they kind of 
did it not very artfully. So when you look at it, you're like, what does that say? It's like one of those, you know? And yeah. maybe, maybe that was the idea, but I, I, I put it, I got out of the shower and I'm, this is the shirt I originally wanted to wear, right? And then I went back and forth. I put on the t-shirt, took off the t-shirt. I don't know if your wife does this. But like, oh, you look cute. My oh, all my wife ever tells me is that my I, my hair looks good. Cause I'm a woman, so I get woman compliments. You know, I said to her, I, I think I really would rather fly under the radar a little bit. I don't think I want to walk in there with a nihilistic shirt on. Too on the nose. Although I like to think that we're at an age where it doesn't matter. Yeah, I also like to think I, I'm at an age where I can class it up a bit. Oh I yeah, of course, and, yeah, yeah. And go like with a... the black and white skulls. Yes. But your your beard is looking pretty magnificent. Oh, thank you, thank you. If it's okay to compliment another man. Yeah, you can compliment a man on a beard. So I'm very apprehensive about going to this thing, obviously, because, not obviously, you might not know this, because of the tension between Troy and I. Which guy is Troy? The drummer. Where is this uh, show? It's at something called Bulletproof uh, Use Rehearsal Use the left three lanes to keep left to I-95 South, New Jersey oh, Turnpike to Newark. Left. In New Jersey. Right, that's why I don't remember, because I don't know where Hazlitt is. Neither do I. What the fuck's Hazlitt? Watch out. Vehicle on shoulder ahead. And it sounds like it's where hazardous waste is dumped, you know, like Hazlitt. It's a very old school New Jersey hardcore. Yeah, it's it's like this thing that popped up in my Facebook feed, and it kept popping up, and it kept popping up, and I'm like, all right, I've missed every other show they've done in the last X number of years. They did a Tompkins yeah. Park riot reunion. They yeah. they've done a whole bunch of shows that I just for one reason or another the scheduling wasn't right. Yeah. Couldn't make it. And so this one is the one. Plus the fact that Paul and Jack are gonna be there kinda adds to it. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, that's that was a big selling point for me. Um what are you uh, expecting out of this show? Do you have any because we're gonna do a, a compare and contrast oh, okay. on the way back and See, so I want to try to get a base level of your expectations. I have no idea what to expect because what I know of the Nihilistics is the one album. Very, you know, listen to the shit out of that. And um, I am not assuming it will sound like that. So I just really don't know what to expect. I may be kind of metal. I don't know. And I only get that idea because you said they kind of went kind of metal when you were leaving the band. They wanted to go metal. I don't think they ever pulled it off. I think... Ron's brother, the kid with the BC Rich Warlock, uh, who was going to be Mr. Metal, he must have been pulled in some other direction. I don't think he was ever in the band. Uh, I think that their dreams of Judas Priest-type stardom were not going to come to pass. And they found this guy, Ajax. I don't know how they met Ajax. I think he must have had a recording studio. Uh, because I have a memory of going with them in, like, 85 to record five or six songs, new songs, or songs that we had never recorded. Mm -hmm. And he was the guy whose place we used, and he engineered it, and that didn't work out. Me rejoining the band, coming back. Next day I know he's in the band, he's me. And they put out the shit that I had recorded with them and didn't tell me, and didn't credit me. I, I, I'm sure I told you that story. Yeah. I, I finally heard it, and I was like, oh, that's my guitar playing. And he apologized. He owned up to it. He apologized, and they sent me some money and a copy of the record. But I, I thought that was a rather shady thing to do. You don't just use some material that somebody's played on, and they're no longer in the band. You don't fucking tell. 
and I'm not holding it against Ajax. Ajax has always been very cordial to me. Yeah. He's always been friendly, and he's a nice guy. But, like I said, Troy... <laughs> I think Troy is MAGA at this point. Uh-huh. And he didn't like something I said on his Facebook page around the time of the 2020 election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he had put up something very pro-Trump, and I had commented on it. And the next thing I know, I was blocked, and we were no longer friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to Ron subsequently and tried to float the idea of playing some shows with them, I was like, you know, I want to be in a band again. And I was thinking of, like, replacing Ajax. I thought we could both be in the band. I don't know how that would have worked, but I floated the idea, and he's like, I don't know if that's going to get past Troy. I don't, I don't know about that. Why? What's going on with Troy? Well, you know, he, uh, he didn't like what you said. So I contacted Troy. I still had his phone number. I couldn't message him on Facebook, but I texted him. And this is when he told me, no, you'll never be in this band again. And I said, hey, by the way, there wouldn't be a band without me. I started the band. I named the band. And he just wrote back two words, not true. And I was very confused. And that was really probably the genesis for wanting to write a book. I feel like my role in that band has been pretty much lost to time. I mean, maybe Tony Rettman wrote about it in that NYHC book, but there's a lot of people out there who think the Nihilistics are these four guys who are playing tonight. And I just want to reassert my part in the narrative. Is that so wrong? No. No, it's normal. I would say that any band that comes back to exist, I always assume there's almost no one in the original lineup unless people talk about original lineup. I think when we saw Sheer Terror... It was no no original members except the dude, right? Yeah, obviously this is not an unknown phenomenon. But if you would ask me, like, if I thought the Nihilistics are still going to be around in 2023, I would have been like, are you fucking insane? We're all going to be dead by then. We'll all be dead. I wouldn't have thought The Cure was going to be around in 2023. Yeah. (laughs) And, And you know... Started watching this Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, documentary. Documentary. Have you seen it? No, I have not watched it. It's pretty good. I watched Conan the other day. I'm watching it as research for my book. Okay. My brother, I refer to him as my built-in bully, right? Okay. Yeah. He got into Arnold when he was 13, 14 years old. My brother decided he was going to become a weightlifter and a bodybuilder. Yeah. And I always want to know, like, why he was interested in working on his body, and I was not. It's all about the mind. I'm going to work on my mind. And there's my brother down in the basement with all these pictures of Arnold. So I'm like, I got to watch this Arnold. I got to see what this in is In 500 about. feet, yeah. turn right. It looks like it's further down from the arrow, the way your arrow looks there. I see recording studio. That's it. So the point is that, like Arnold said, basically, if my parents hadn't been so horrible to me, I wouldn't have wanted to move out. In 400 right. feet, you know, the right. fact arrive. that they were horrible to me means I, I could, you know, I had to get the fuck out. I wanted out, and my brother was a different constitution. Is this it? This has got to be it, right? Hey, Bulletproof. Is, there it is. Are we going to a place that doesn't sell alcohol? It may well be. I, you know, I hadn't thought about that until you just. You've arrived said at your something. destination. But do we? Can we get beer and bring it in? Wow, um, I know slightly less about all this than you. I haven't given it any thought. But uh, if it's the case that they don't have no beer in there, we're going to ask them if we can go get some and bring it in. 
The band must have beer, right? Well, I guess let's go check the vibes. Okay. Maybe they'll charge ten dollars for the entire case. That would be perfect. Yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, buddy. How's it going, man? I'm just about to go out and get some beer. They don't have any beer here. We were worried you wouldn't make it. Huh? We were worried you wouldn't make it. No, everything was flooded. Oh, wow. Well, hey, Troy, how are you? What's going on? All right. Let's go get some beer. So it's like... It wasn't like the other morning. Did you see that? Um, did I see... Oh, was that your... Uh... <laughs> well, uh, you know, Ajax greeted me warmly. Uh-huh. And Ron greeted me warmly. And then uh-huh. I went to shake Troy's hand and he kept his hands at his uh-huh. side. And refused, refused to shake my hand. I'm not shaking your hand. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's an asshole. All right, let's go get some beer. Because I don't want to do this without beer. And you don't want to do this without beer. No. All right, it wasn't terribly clear what that guy was saying. Go over here and make a U-turn, and then you want to go over there. He's not impressed by the fucking reasoning for the charge. Because they have to clean up? I was like, well, have it been? Like, like no no place where you ever have... There's I've never heard of a place where they charge you for bringing in alcohol because they have to clean it up. I mean, I'm just going by Occam's Razor. <laughs> See, the other line I didn't like is, like, as soon as goes, like get six beers in a bar cost you a hundred dollars i'm like that's not true like like that's that's not a hundred dollars fifty dollars tops he said it was the shop right oh that the beers are in the shop right yeah but supermarkets in new jersey don't sell beer yeah some of them do oh yeah this is unexplored country for me i don't know this fucking area This is the thing about New Jersey. This is a very... You can't turn left. Yeah, very Jersey stretch of New Jersey. Oh, at least we're behind a doctor in case anything goes wrong. So that he can keep going? Oblivious to a flight? Well, maybe we'll be lucky and run into him and injure ourselves. Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> I'm still trying to process the whole thing with Troy just now. That was very interesting. Yeah, it's awkward. It's awkward. <laughs> it's weird. You, it's weird. You, you put your hand out to somebody to shake their hand and like, no. Yeah, that really, shake. that is kind of like a who does that. Like, because, and you know, when people have a beef, it's, when you're growing up, it's sort of like, if they're like, hey, man. And you're like, hey, man. You know, that's yeah. a drummer. Drummer's a whole mental problem. That's a whole, that's a built, that's a mental problem. Like a drummer is usually. No. The owner. did records together. Yeah, we done records here. So, New Angry Corpses records, because me and Kenny from MOD, 
did a couple of records. Do you want to cover died my beer chart? In August, last August, okay? but yeah. the new yeah. record's out right now. Okay. Here, so, this is, thank you guys. This is Appreciate for both you. Of us. Thank you very much. You got it. Is there a place where the band is, or are they all in that same They're room? They're all in that back room. Okay. Yeah, There's no green room or anything like that. Right? Nah. All right. No, I just want to. Get... So thanks. Where did Paul get to? He was looking for a beer. Paul? Yeah. He walked in there. I know he did. Oh, okay. Maybe he's sitting there. Yeah, there's a guy. There Did you want a beer? I have one, thank you. Um, come on. back in the car um, my voice is a little unsteady from shouting over the band um, we just came from the nihilistic turn show. right on state route 35 north keith is in the car and i, I want to know your unvarnished turn right opinion. on state route 35 north uh, fear gods are awesome always awesome nihilistics um i enjoyed the fact that I forgot that I knew what um, so the drummer's name is Troy. Troy. And I'm reminded of that from our conversations. That we In half a mile, use but, the left um, lane to keep left I, to Garden I think State it's Parkway, funny. It's like, Clark Street. Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, that guy. Because I had, because you guys had the booklet with all the pictures, or even, I mean, I, I don't know if it's like, it was a maximum rock and roll, or definitely, definitely a big, big city. Yeah. Like pictures of you guys, but I think even in the booklet you had in the record, like, so like I knew it, like you're one of the bands that you really knew what they looked like in for 1, a band that I never got to see live. And I thought it was hilarious because when you're telling me about your interactions or your dealings with uh, Troy, the drummer, I have no, no picture in my head. And when I see Keep him playing, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Street. what the drummer from the Nihilistics looks like. That's Troy. I was not impressed, unfortunately. Um, they were basically phoning it in, which is, I, I mean, maybe it's understandable. Look how the mighty have fallen. What I thought was fucked up was that, like, in both, um, 
Well, I mean, I, I like, I love the bass player's look. I love his look. I like the uh, of the idea of the guy. I like that whole like uh, Perry Farrell thing. Yeah. And I like the commitment. The dreads are very long. That means. So I don't know. That, that guy to be twenty years younger than me, maybe. Or right. maybe not. Who knows? It's ambiguous with a guy like that. But, but like, how can a guy that looks like that, like, not play loud enough that you can hear him? Like, a guy that looks like that, that's, like, looks as, deal with me, how could he play, like, because that was it. Like, you could only hear the vocals and the guitar, and you could not hear the drums and uh, the bass. I believe, uh, you know, I'm old school. I'm not politically correct, and I believe that rock has a lot of, like, the rock that we love, that we love it for, the rock that we love for rock. There's a lot of, there's a testosterone element. And one of the things I'm thinking, when I'm watching a band, that just because the drummer isn't mic'd, the guitar player can drown him out, I'm just like, no, oh, man, that's not a fucking good drummer, man. Drummers, drummer, I play with drummers that can never be drowned out. Yeah. But especially nihilistic, so that dude was like, um... Troy played very quietly, and, um... Troy was not... He was not, um, into it, from what I can tell. Like, he, he... Yeah. There was a whole thing... Did you notice the whole thing with him and Ron went outside, and they had a whole conversation outside, and... No, I didn't know... He I, seemed I annoyed, know. and whether it was annoyed because I was there, I... I'm not going to take that credit. I'm not going to... I think you should take the credit, because here's what I... If I was going to try to project into my guess... Just based on what you have said, right? And then what I observed is that you fucking wrecked his vibe. <laughs> and I think he might have not started out with much of a vibe. And he might have started out with, like, borderline no vibe. And you fucking crushed his vibe. And he's like, fucking, this is crushing my vibe. Uh, yeah. And he got there and he saw the menu and he saw the number of people that were there. And he was like, what the fuck is this? came all the way here for, for, for this and you know maybe I had something to do with it but it was not good I mean I, I didn't never mind that I mean look again I like Ajax he's playing the songs wrong oh well he's I'm, strumming yeah yeah, I yeah remember no, strumming. I agree uh, no I actually sized him up and I assessed same I don't respect the strumming but yeah. the thing is, and the thing is, I understand it though, because here's another guy that does that kind of strumming too. By the way, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day does the same shit, which is kind of like you get a great sound and you can coast on the strumming, but there's a little missing, and that is the difference between them and Fear Gods, who downstroked relentlessly, relentlessly, and yeah. But and then the thing is that the dude just uh, then you realize he wants to be cocked and sensible is like, well, not. Cat, the Damned is a whimsical fucking punk band, and the Nihilistics aren't. And the whimsical thing doesn't fit with this other fucking the hostility, I don't think. The band, as far as I was concerned, the Nihilistics would set us apart, especially from bands like AOD and the Misguided and name a few others that were around back then. Well, well, there's good old uh, Heart Attack, Heart Jesse Attack. Mallon's Heart Attack. We had menace on our yeah. side. We were menacing. Yes. People were afraid of us. Yes. They didn't know what we were going to do. They didn't know whether some kind of violence was going to break out. They thought we looked mean, and they pretty much, you know, and and I maybe we did. I think we did look no, mean. No, you fucking looked mean. I can tell. I can. Here's why you look mean, too, is because 
it was like, here's why, is like, well, I mean, on the nihilistics, like the album era, right? You, you look like prisoners because you had like the, the, the buzz cuts, but you didn't look like skinheads. And I don't know why you could tell you weren't skinheads, but you could tell. And there was these like the, the black clothes, but that were their clothes. Like they weren't like, cause like, so you had this way of looking outside of society with buzz cuts, but not punk rock, which meant you looked like fucking incarcerated persons. If that was your look. And yeah. I, I just have realized that now. I think we were trying to look like working class people, which is what we were. Well, that's were, the same thing. Know? Same and thing. So, yeah. it's just, incarcerated people are just like one mistake away from, I mean, working class people, one right. mistake away, one bad decision. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's no menace coming off of them. I mean, and the thing is, is every guitar player, like Captain Sensible is the Jimmy Page of punk rock. Like, it's definitely the guy to be. But... It's incongruous. It's incongruous. Plus, and, uh, it's his shtick. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Incongruous. You know, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, no, no. But you're saying Captain Sensible, not him. No, I respect copying a guy if it, if it works. But, like, you have Captain Sensible and Perry Farrell on these. Perry Farrell, Scott Ian... Fucking Nick Oliveri from Queens of Stone Age hybrid guy on bass. That's why I love that guy. That's obviously the best guy in the band, but he couldn't shine because he couldn't turn his face up. He did get a pretty good replication of that distorted sound. Yeah, the sound was good. This, you know. No, the sound was good. I but um Yeah, man, it made me sad. It just made me sad. Like I would almost be the guy like if I was like really like drunk I would just be like dude you gotta turn up I would've been that guy like I've been on stage and I have people tell me that you know people, tell, people will tell you that on stage left but I was like left to Garden State Parkway really, North to like a little bit complaining just New be Jersey like going to be like dude turn up the bass but it's like eh no one cares I handed out nine beers that much I know just giving away beers like candy it's nice it's yeah. nice although it's funny how much like a room full of people look like that and it's like the guy's like, $10 carrying, we have to clean it up. It's like, dude, no one's partying. Like, no one was partying. Like, what? Everyone's going into, like, a fucking room where you can just bring booze into to see, like, five punk rock bands and no one's partying. Like, no one's just, there should have been, <laughs> there was no drunk people. Like, there was no, I don't <laughs> No, it was the weirdest <laughs> thing I've been to in a very long time. How about the kids... That, with the headphones on? That yeah, kid with the headphones? yeah, yeah, and I love it because I mean the thing. There was a thing I love about that because, well, because one had a Slipknot shirt, so that you think that there's some kind of hybrid where like the angry like um, metallic sounds right of like metal and hardcore connect with them. But they have the safetyism built in, where they're young people with headphones. Like, come on, man! Like, you know, I mean, you know, remember when you that age, you don't care. I know. I thought maybe the kid was on the spectrum. He might be. Oh, you uh, know what? No, that totally could be work. That could be totally right. The headphones to block out a lot of the that sensory totally right. input. Oh, there was two. There was two next to each other. There was a male and a female. Yeah, they that might both be on the headphones. Yeah, that could be. No, that could be true. Let's talk about the show tonight a little bit more. I yeah. don't think I've explored every angle of uh, what we just saw. So, okay. any other thoughts on the the nihilistics? Here's the thing is that the nihilistics is so negative. Like, I mean, the whole, I mean, you know, the, you know what your trip was. I mean, it was a band known for its negativity. Um, the fact that it was supposed to be maybe, I think, the third hardcore I, show I supposed to was 
It was supposed to be nihilistic, some false prophets filled in for you because you didn't show up. Day of show. So, and that seemed to hook in because, like, you have a record that one of your songs shows, starts with, like, World owes me a living. And, like, so the bitterness was always extra. Like, on top of the normal punk rock anger and... and because No, because I think punk rock was angry, but you guys had bitterness. But there was something that when, when the Nihilistics didn't show for that show in 1984, it was kind of like, yeah, it fits their whole negativity thing. They probably don't get along. Things probably don't go smooth with guys like this. No. So then when you have a future Nihilistics, that's whoever's left and whoever came up later. It's like, no, there's not going to be a magical chemistry that is powerful and unified. It'll be a bad vibe for them, which means um, not, you, you know, like in other words, Nihilistics, like if Nihilistics kick ass, they'll be having fun. And it's like, this is bad. We can't have fun. So it has to not be able to kick ass. So I didn't expect them to kick ass. I, I didn't really expect any specific thing. I knew it wouldn't sound like you because I knew it would sound like bar chord punk rock and the Nihilistics didn't sound like standard chunky bar chord punk rock. That was not the sound of the Nihilistics. Thank you for saying that. I mean, yeah. I appreciate that. Well, the thing is, it's true. It's demonstrably true. I don't know if I would have had that thought independently if for not one thing I remember is that there was like one issue of Big Takeover with Jack Rabbit. He was starting to talk about bands that couldn't be categorized into hardcore. And maybe he mentioned the big boys, definitely mentioned Flipper, definitely mentioned you guys. And I didn't see you guys in that like Flipper thing, but I was like, yeah, no, they are that. Like, it's that. Like, it's not, it's not this like get psyched, get fired up music. It's like fucking examine your fucking perspective music. Yeah. And, you know, just not Chucky. You didn't have any oi songs. You were not oi at all. You were nothing like the Fear Guys. Yeah, well, the funniest, I get it. The funny thing was that when they played with AOD and I was talking to Paul, I'm just like, I love the Fear Guys, man. What do you think of the Fear Guys? Man, you the Fear Guys? He's like, they're an oi band. And he's somewhat dismissively. And then when Paul yeah. joined the Fear Guys, I'm thinking like, oh, Paul. Paul was very dismissive. I don't think he respected them as much as he should. And then I was talking to him, I was like, I don't mean the fear bot gods. And he goes like this, he goes, it's an oi band. It's an oi band. Keeps me off the streets. But, and I was just like, yeah, it is. But oi was awesome. It was the first shit. It was what I was listening to when I learned how to play. You know, it was the, you know, uh, fucking Blitz and the GBH. And, or yeah. GBH might have been oi, but cocky rejects. Like, it hits you in the solar plexus. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's folk music. Yeah, and I think it's hilarious is like you know Paul he played some leads at the end but like like Jack is just like he ends up being like the best lead guitar player out of AOD and he's got like the, the, the front man of AOD playing rhythm guitar behind him on an oi band it's like Jack's revenge it's pretty good Jack emerges yes. I've always liked Jack I said to Jack when the Nihilistics were on stage yeah I was like what, how, so what was it like I said did you ever see AOD with Keith on bass he's like yeah it's like, it's weird, isn't it? It's like an out-of-body experience. And he's like, yeah, except Keith was a lot better than me. <laughs> it's like, uh, that was a, it was classic Jack to be yeah, very self self-deprecating. Yes. Yeah, you know that's classic Jack. That's what we always loved about Jack. He takes the piss out of himself. What a night out, huh? On yeah. A Saturday. It is Saturday. And I love the fact that it is twelve oh one. And my clock is actually fast. For some reason, my cell phone's fast. That shouldn't be possible, but it is happening. 
Well, as always, a wonderful time out. Yes. Thanks again. Thank you, and man. Let's Thank get you. together and play again yeah. at some point. I would like that. You know. See you, man. Thank you. See you later, missus. Loyalistic heart. <laughs>